The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At daybreak, on the first day of the week, the women who had come from Galilee with Jesus took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found a stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were puzzling over this, behold, two men in dazzling garments appeared to them. And they were terrified and bowed down their faces to the ground. And they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has been raised. Remember what he said to you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. And then they returned from the tomb and announced all these things to the eleven and to all the others. The women were Mary Magdalene, Jonah, and Mary, the mother of James. The others who accompanied them also told this to the apostles, but their story seemed like nonsense, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, bent down, and saw the burial cloths alone. And then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. On this night, everything changed. Everything was transformed, and nothing will ever be the same again, if we have the eyes to see it and to realize it. And not just humanity changed. The world changed. The cosmos changed. All of creation changed. Because the earth had been dealt a wound from which it would never recover. The wound of an empty tomb. As we know, the earth had always won. The earth had always claimed what was rightfully, what rightfully belonged to it, but no longer. The tomb is empty, and all creation is in the process of being renewed. 
because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Not just in our hearts or in our minds or in our thoughts. Not just in spirit, but body, blood, soul, and divinity. He has come crashing out of his tomb to restore the world to what God created it to be. It won't be finished until the end of time, but the, but the renewal has begun and it continues. I mentioned in the last several days one theme that our Lord surrendered himself to us. God took human flesh, became vulnerable, and surrendered himself to his creatures, to our hatred, and to our love. In some ways, it's always more dangerous to surrender ourselves to the love of another, because there's always the possibility of rejection. In the case of God, it is almost constant, and even when we do respond, it can never be enough. But he did it. And now he has risen from the dead. On the cross, he destroyed sin and death, if we are willing to accept it. And now he rises from the dead, the victor over all that came against him, the victor over all that could possibly come against us in our worst moments and our greatest suffering. When we read the resurrection accounts, they seem disjointed sometimes. There's too much going on, and they almost seem to contradict one another. Because all these people are explaining what what they experienced, something they couldn't even imagine, even though he told them over and over again. They're so overwhelmed, they don't know what to say. They're shocked. But the church never changed it. She never made one convenient book out of it. She wants them all there for us to read and to understand. Why do you seek the living among the dead? The living one? That's our world too, isn't it? To seek the living among the dead. We always go looking for life in the wrong places. But our Lord surrendered himself to us, and now risen from the dead, he asks us to surrender ourselves to him. How beautiful. He surrendered himself to our love, knowing that he wouldn't get it often, be rejected, as I said, be inadequate, mixed motives, but he loved us. He now asks us to surrender our love to him. If I surrender my love to you or you to me, we can always be disappointed and rejected, never to him. If we surrender our love to him, He will always accept it, embrace it, far beyond anything we can imagine, and give us a love that we could have never expected, and a love that will truly overwhelm us and go beyond our capacity to receive it, actually, although we can receive it to the extent that we are willing to accept it. As I said, that love, though, isn't something distant, and the event isn't something distant. We read this over and over and over again, and that's all very fine. 
But we know where this is going. We have to. Our Lord never meant this to be simply a story. We have to read the story, the events, and reflect on them. But he meant it to be a living, breathing event for us. The Eucharist is that event. The resurrection is not something lost in the past or yet to come, although it is both. It is here with us now. The Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity risen from the dead. In the consecration of the Mass, his sacrifice becomes present. That's why we have a distinct consecration. This is my body, this is my blood. The separation of body and blood is death. But at the moment that's finished, his presence is his resurrection. Risen from the dead and willing to give us his love to surrender it and asking us to surrender ours to him so that he can transform it into the love he wanted it to be. So we come together tonight for this marvelous transformation, this wonderful event that that candle symbolizes, light and darkness. The darkness has been conquered. The victory has been won. Just that the news hasn't gotten out. And that's our job, to tell the world that the victory has been won. There's a, a, someone who has died and left us a great treasure. He's come back and wants to give it to us. If only we will receive it. There was a beautiful hymn uh, from the 17th century that Monsignor Ronald Knox translated. The first verse is, The battle is over, hell's armies flee. Raise we the cry of victory. With abounding joy resounding, alleluia. And the last verse, Lord, by the stripes men laid on thee, grant us to live from death set free. This our greeting, still repeating, alleluia. I like that thought. We should change our greetings during the season. We won't because we can't get used to it. Uh, from hello or whatever it might be to alleluia. This our greeting, still repeating, alleluia. On this blessed night, we join our prayers with those of the newly baptized, and with the family of God throughout the world. Let, us, let this place resound with our prayers. <laughs> Listen to the prayers of your people, brought to you in pastoral joy. 
through the intercession of Mary, our mother, grant, we pray, that what we ask in faith we may obtain in love. Through Christ, the risen Lord. Amen.